Hey, Dave Hagen here. Are you ready to close? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. We're here at Uncle Studios in Van Nuys. I've got Nick uh, Appel. I've got Brian Reed. Brian, how you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Good to have you back. You've been gone a couple episodes, so it's good to have you back. Always, it's good to have Nick over there smiling, uh, having a good time. All right, so we just finished the month of September a couple of weeks ago, and this means that we're 75% through the year. And my question to you is, are you ready to close out the year strong? Now, earlier in the year, in, in March, or 25% through the year, I talked about there still being some time to put together a plan and, and get some of this work done. The thought was, hey, it's not too late. In June, I asked, how you doing? I wanted to know how you were doing halfway through the year. Now, in, in September, I'm asking you the question, are you ready to close out the year strong? How are you coming along with your goals? Did you have some fun? Did you accomplish something for yourself? Did you make a difference in the world? It really doesn't matter what your goals might be. The important thing is that you made a plan, set a target, and that you're moving forward on that plan. Now, this plan should be about 75% complete now. How you doing? Are you ready to close out? My hope is that you at least took some steps towards your own personal goals. Now, I almost hate to talk about goals because it's such an overused term that it's, it's almost become cliche. What I do like to talk about is having a plan and moving forward on that plan. That's one of the main things we talk about here on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Did your plan deal with financial issues, relationships, physical conditioning, state of mind? Again, it really doesn't matter what the plan might be. What matters is that you're moving forward on that plan. Now, time is running out. Remember that the last three months of the year move pretty fast. Time's a kind of funny thing. You, you can't stop it, and you can't get more of it. People have a tendency to put things off to the end of the year until right before due dates, and that's okay. It's part of being human. But we then need to acknowledge this and make some additional plans at the end of the year and understand that the end of the year is going to be a little more hectic and be prepared for that. We're already into what I call the holiday slide. Shortly after Labor Day, we have the two Jewish holidays in September, Halloween in October, Thanksgiving in November, Christmas in December, and then Happy New Year. Fall happens so fast. Before you know it, it's 2019. Did you know that some retailers move so fast during the holiday season that they earn almost one-third of their total yearly income in the holiday season? We'll talk more about the holiday season and holiday spending in a few weeks. But for now, the point is that things move really fast at the end of the year. It's going to move really fast. We still have some time to get some things done. Maybe you need to pull out your plan for the year and schedule some steps to get it done, like today. Maybe there's parts of the plan or some of the goals that need to be pruned off because they're no longer important or relevant or 
doable. Maybe those are some things you can put aside for next year. This is a good time to modify your plan and make it achievable by the end of the year. Get ready to close. Now, what? You don't have any plan? Well, believe it or not, there's still some time to get a plan in place and get some things done. Now, those goals or that plan may be abbreviated or shortened, but there are still many things you can get done in three months, even during the holiday season. You could make a point to read a book a month. You can plan to spend more time during the holidays with friends, sharing experiences and having some fun instead of wandering through the malls and buying stuff, sometimes anything for a friend or family member. You could use this as an excuse to maybe spend a little less during the holidays. It's also time, dare I say, to start thinking about next year. Are you going to think big? Are you going to think small? Again, either way is okay, I suppose, if it's part of your plan. Maybe your financial house isn't in order and you want to start with my five steps to financial success. Don't remember that? Go to episode 101 to refresh your memory. We've got a whole year to plan it out. It's possible that you could do really something amazing with a plan if you've got a whole year, right? Think about that. So to sum it up, the year is rapidly coming to a close. We're 75% through the year. We've got a very limited amount of time to achieve those goals and execute on our plan. Again, I ask you, are you ready to close out the year strong? This is Dave Hagen, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, let's take some emails. Brian, you've got the emails today. I got the email list here. What do you got? First one is, Dave, what are your thoughts about earthquake insurance and long-term care insurance? Thanks, Dave R. Hmm, well, Dave R., earthquake insurance. You know, I think if you live in Ohio, I'm not that big of a fan. Uh, (laughs) But if you live in an earthquake zone, yeah, I I think so. Um, and that I think is your first determination if, if you're into an earthquake zone, you know, uh, we had some folks from uh, Nebraska come out one time and we had some aftershocks to one of our earthquakes and, um, um, the grandma of the group, she was so, so shook up at a mild aftershock. (laughs) She went out and sat on the curb and smoked a cigarette and it's a little frightening to see grandma sitting on the curb, shaking and, and smoking a cigarette. It freaks people out. Up When you live out here, we go, oh, there's yeah, one. There's one, you know, oh yeah. well. Yeah, you, you, you go, well, where's the nearest doorway I can stand in? And I hope it doesn't last too long. So um, it's a lot different when you live out on the coast or in some of the other places that are earthquake zones here in the United States or anywhere in the world for that matter. 
Um, but if you live in an earthquake zone, think about this. It seems as though we get an earthquake every, I don't know, 20 years or so. Uh, we live on the San Andreas Fault, so about every 20 years. And the last one that we had was in the mid-90s. So if you're, if you're thinking that through, we're due. We're due. It's, it's time. And I remember the last one. I was, I was here for that. And um, I was here for the one that was um, in the, the 70s. I mean, and both of these were, were pretty severe. Um, but in the last one, we, we saw a lot of people that had their home wiped out. I mean, their home was destroyed. Um, our house was, was okay, and our neighbors completely rehabbed their house with insurance money. So your house could get destroyed. And if you own your house straight out, you could lose hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I think that that's something that uh, you want to insure. I don't think that the earthquake insurance is that much, all things considered, especially when you hold it up against, uh, you know, the, the value of your structure. Um, I think what you do is you take the cost, the yearly cost of the, in, the insurance coverage, and you multiply it by, say, maybe 20, which is our, our frequency of earthquakes. And that's how much money you're going to spend over a 20-year period to protect your your house. Now, I know that in the last earthquake, there were a lot of people that just had like a first deed of trust on their house, so they had no equity. And so they said, well, what do I need earthquake insurance? If I don't have equity in my house, what am I protecting? Yeah, I mean, I'm basically protecting the bank. And so that's another thing to think about. You know, do you have equity, something that you own in the house that you protect? If someone just has a house uh, and, and it was destroyed by earthquake, at least in California, it means that you're not going to pay for the house anymore, I guess, and that the bank will take it back on foreclosure. And you might have some tax issues and you might have some credit reporting issues, but you've kind of lost nothing. But if you own the house, um, there's definitely equity that you need to protect. And in my way of thinking, what you pay in insurance is cheap in relationship to protecting, you know, the value of that structure. Um, make sure that your policy, by the way, covers, you know, the replacement cost together with all updated codes. I know after the last earthquake, a lot of people had insurance coverage that, you know, provided a certain amount of money to cover the house or the structure, but it was much more expensive than to build a place because the codes had become more complicated and arguably more sophisticated and more expensive to comply with, and they weren't able to get the, you know, to get the job done. So I like having that kind of insurance. Of course, the, the, the flip side is, I suppose, or another thing to think about is I hate having to have insurance for every little thing. You know, you've got homeowner's insurance and earthquake insurance and uh, medical insurance and long-term disability insurance and da -da. and at some point you just kind of get insurance out you know <laughs> uh, you're spending all your money on uh, insurance but uh, I think that this is a is a good one to have because I don't know I I, I think we're I I think we're due now Dave the other the other part of that and I don't mean Dave myself Dave R the person who sent uh, um, in the email um, and I hope you're listening. The other part was this long-term, um, not disability, but long-term care. care yeah. And really, this is, this is a bigger, more problematic issue, seems to me, than earthquake insurance. Because this type of insurance is pretty pricey stuff. And especially when some kind of long-term care issue is starting to come up 
on the horizon. That meaning typically when you're um, older. And it, it's kind of cheap when you're young, but when you're young, this is the last thing you want to think about. And even if you're paying at a reduced rate because you're young, who at 23 wants to pay for you know, an insurance policy that's going to cover you when you're in a nursing home um, when you're a bit older? So that's kind of tough. And you know, when you're 40, 50, it's really tough to get that insurance, and it's really, really expensive. Uh, that being said, the cost... Of, of long-term care is is catastrophic. It's crazy. It's $6,000, $7,000, $8,000, dollars a month. I've got a friend that uh, he and his wife moved to Nevada and started a new lifestyle in Nevada because they knew that their parents were going to need that kind of care and their parents moved with them. And in, in Nevada, at least, the, you know, the cost of the care was significantly less because land values are less in Nevada for one. And Two, there's not the you know the income tax and the other kinds of things, but um, they actually moved into a different state to be able to afford that to sustain that. Um, I've seen situations where people's savings and earnings their whole life are wiped out when they have to go into the hospital or or some kind of long-term care facility, and every month drip 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 their estate gets depleted, and that that's too bad. I think that's something that we need to think about or look at as as a society. Um, if somebody needs some kind of long-term care, they can be wiped out very quickly. I think a better idea is, is to have someone stay in their house if they can, but the problem is to have 24-hour care is extremely expensive, and especially with the, you know, the labor laws that we have here now in California, it's become pretty strict in terms of making sure that people um, get all the benefits that they're supposed to get. And... If you're ha- if you have somebody 24 hours, um, it means you got three eight-hour shifts rolling. That's really expensive. Um, I know someone whose uh, mother's estate was depleted half a million dollars by needing this kind of care. She stayed in her house, but she needed some care, and about a half a million dollars uh, went away with some kind of long-term care. Now, I suppose one way to think about it is that's that's what you save money for. Um, and that's the way it's supposed to be. On the other hand, wow, it seems awfully expensive, and that's a lot of work to, uh, you know, to have all that money go away, and um, um, you know, just because you're, you know, you, you've got some kind of long-term care needs. I don't, uh, I don't know what the answer is because everything that you're saying makes sense. You've got to get the insurance whether even you know earthquake or long term care but at the same time either way we're paying for it you're going to yeah. pay you're going to pay for it on the front end and have the insurance or you're not going to get the insurance and you're going to pay for it when you actually need the services or right. you need your house fixed right and i'm not suggesting necessarily that something like this should be free because if you if you expect it to f- to be free then it's coming from the government and that means more taxes, taxes right? and we're still paying for it right then. so you still end up paying for it you just got this level of overhead that the government you know the government's vig- uh, vigorous if you will no, um, that's it at at a certain age i'm going off on a nice float it's just easier <laughs> i mean tap out sometimes that seems like the, a good way to deal with it huh but maybe, maybe some of the things that we can think about are 
um, you know, maybe more advanced planning, maybe more efficiencies, maybe better thoughts in terms of um, health care and the way people get around um, when they're older. Um, um, maybe different ways to approach medical care in terms of, you know, end of life issues. I don't know. These are really tough, tough issues. But um, the financial part of it is uh, really a problem. You know, I, I don't know if there's really a, a, a good answer to that. Uh, you know, I, this reminds me of a time I was sitting down with a, uh, talking with a very successful couple and they made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and they had a couple uh, young kids and we were just talking about, you know, the progression of life and financial progression in general. And these were really smart people. And they were saying, you know, we've, we've got all the issues uh, covered. We've got, uh, you know, life insurance. We've got equity in a house. We haven't spent lavishly. We haven't gone on a lot of trips. But the only thing we haven't been able to deal with, the only risk we haven't been able to effectively deal with is, you know, what if some of, one of us needs you know, long-term care, nursing home care? And they had not been able to, to come up with an answer. And um, I don't know that there is a good answer, except for uh, now maybe is the time to start thinking about it and talking about it. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad that David R. sent the, the email in, because it seems to me maybe that could be part of our plan. And there could be an acknowledgement that there needs to be something set aside, or the, the nest egg could be compromised or partially compromised um, by this kind of need. Maybe maybe insurance will cover some of this need at some point or, or not. But, but I guess the idea is to think about it um, and start thinking about it now, having it being part of your plan. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. Dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I, it's got to be tough for any couple to talk about certain elements of their relationship and finances are a big part of that. And long-term, I mean, we're, we're talking about dying, let's be honest. Yeah. So we have to look at our own mortality and plan for our own death. Yeah. But you got to have the conversation. And I think that's, you know, you're right. This email from Dave Ard, let's just talk about it. Get it out there yeah. in the open. Absolutely. I, I'm, uh, you know, personally, I'm 61 and I'm so way not ready to talk about it. I got a lot of things to do, but, you know... Uh, we need to start thinking about these things, talking about these things. Got to talk, got to yeah, talk, got to yeah, talk. Yeah. All right, one more email. What do you got, Brian? Something? Um, this other one, this is actually interesting, especially given our history. Um, this is from Anne. She writes, Dave, just heard Sears may file bankruptcy. How will this affect me? Signed, Anne. Ouch. Ouch. We know this world. Talk about timely topics. And, and, um, and Brian says, uh, you know, considering our past, we worked together um, on bankruptcy issues um, for a number of years. I was a bankruptcy trustee, and, and uh, Brian was uh, one of the, the main guys that uh, helped me um, get that done. And um, so we, we've, we've dealt with these kinds of issues before. It seems to me that... Uh, and if you're a customer and you don't have a balance on your credit card and they, they don't, and nothing's going to be delivered, um, I think you're going to be okay. You know, I mean, uh, yes, a, a retailer of some, some great mainline 
appliances and clothes and stuff like that's going to go away. But these kind of ebbs and flows happen in, in the marketplace. We've seen a lot of places go away. Uh, Mervyn's is gone and um, so many other places, sporting goods stores. And, you know, the, the marketplace is going to adjust and business, new businesses will be born and grow and, and some businesses um, will die. But if you owe them money... Uh, on their credit card, you're still going to have to pay them. I, I'm, I mean, suppose you couldn't, but but they'll, they will in, employ the usual collection tactics, and um, um, you will ultimately have to pay. If you if they owe you something, um, now you're going to have a problem. Um, if you have paid for a you know a new dishwasher and um, it hasn't been delivered yet, um, you need to come to grips with the re- with the reality that. It may not be delivered. Um, now, sometimes in bankruptcies like this, there'll, there'll be some kind of a, um, an interim order from the court saying, look, at uh, items below a certain amount with uh, consumers or customers can still be fulfilled, but uh, maybe not. And it could be months uh, before those kinds of things are, are worked out. Now, if you're an employee, um, you know, that's a different thing altogether because your job's going to go away potentially. Now, some of this depends upon whether Sears will ultimately file Chapter 11, which is a reorganization, or a Chapter 7 where they liquidate. Um, so we don't know what, what their intent might be at this point. But uh, if they're going to liquidate, it, mean, it means your job's going to go away. It means that maybe monies that um, you've got in retirement accounts uh, or, or, you know, through the, through the company – those things could be compromised. If you have a some kind of a retirement plan through the company, it could be compromised or reduced. Um, those are the people that are going to be hit, probably uh, you know probably the hardest. It means that uh, in a lot of malls, Sears is an anchor tenant, and you know that that tenant, um, they're just going to close the doors and have a sale you know, you know over a couple of days and just blow out all the merchandise typically. And those malls are are going to take a hit. So the malls are going to get potentially even quieter. Of course, that means that online may get even busier. But, um, you know, there's a whole raft or or range of people that are going to be affected. Um, Now that I think about it, uh, maybe even a group that's going to be more affected are the the shareholders. I mean, if you hold shares of stock in in Sears, and I'd I'd probably uh, um, consider that lost money at this point, You're, you're done. What's going to happen in all those physical locations? I mean, brick and mortar is it's dying. No, it is, and it's it's kind of um, it's kind of crazy. On the on the other hand, um, you know, at least from a personal perspective, I'm buying more and more stuff on online. It's easier, simpler. You don't have to fight the crowds in the parking lot and the bip, 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 and you can order something at the same price. And you know, especially if you're an Amazon Prime customer, in a couple of days, it's 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 dropped at the front door in a box. I mean, it's, it's, it's cheaper. It's easier. It, it's all that kind of stuff. And, uh, is that the way we're going to go more and more and more? I don't know. I, I still think that there's a need for, you know, to be able to go out there and, and look at that dishwasher and open the front door and see what's inside. And, but boy, we're ordering a lot of stuff online these days. Wonder, maybe that's what Amazon will do. They'll just start buying centers where you can go look at products. You're not going to buy them. I mean, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Because there's some things that you need a tactile feel. For. I mean, clothes. Yeah. You know, you need to you need to try on a shirt 
you know, typically if it's anything of any quality before you before you buy it. Although I think I've seen ads where Amazon or some company uh, they'll send you like uh, five shirts in the in a box, and you try them out, and you keep just the ones you want, and the rest go back. Yeah, I've seen that too. There's right? all kinds of uh, apps like that, and it's high end stuff, or it's yeah. you know, for someone like me who has no fashion sense. <laughs> You know, that that would be perfect, I guess. I should start doing that. It Let somebody work. else pick out the, you know. Someone could pick out all your stuff for you. You could, you could have a consultant. Uh, Look, do you, does a striped shirt with a, what colored pants and a what tie? I don't know. Just someone tell me what to wear, whatever. Throw it in a box and I'll put it on as long as it fits. Does it fit? Awesome. Great. Thanks. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. I mean, you remember, uh, I remember years ago, The Gap. You remember The Gap and you go on and they had... They had uh, cool shirts and jeans and stuff like that. I don't, I haven't seen a Gap. I don't know if Gap's still out there. I think there's a... I saw a baby Gap Okay. the other day. So maybe they still have some stores out there. Um, in our neighborhood, we've just been annihilated by sporting goods stores going out. Uh, we had a couple of them close, and, and now there's like nothing around. So we drive to go to a sporting goods store, or we you know, again, buy stuff online and it, and it shows up at the door, you know? I think the, I was looking around for a, to get a tennis racket, mm-hmm. restrung. Mm-hmm. Went to go look at the uh, sports authority and I was like, wait a minute, nope, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And eventually had to find a, a little guy Right. It was just a sole P doing right. his own thing. And he said, I string tennis rackets. Yeah, an indie shop. An indie shop. Which is, I mean, that's great for the indies. I, th- I think it's a great thing. But, you know, the big the big center isn't going to be there as much it's, anymore. It's not there. You know, things have changed. Things have changed. Anyway, Ann, I, I hope you're not a shareholder. Um, I hope you're not an employee. And I, and, I, and I hope that, you know, they don't owe you on the delivery of a, you know, a dishwasher or something. Um, but the market will work itself out. There's going to be a lot of pain here and, and it's kind of sad to see Sears go away, but thanks for the question. Thanks for the timely question. And, uh, maybe in a couple months we'll circle back and, and talk about Sears again to see how they're doing or if they're doing. Well, I think that's all the time that we have here. Um, Brian, thanks for coming in. It's good to have you Good to have you back for a couple episodes. Good to episodes. be here with you, buddy. No, it's good. Nick, uh, you got to be a little more vocal here. He, he's quiet <laughs> like the whole show. He's just smiling, having a good time. He's probably he's asleep. He's thinking about his uh, law school classes and all the stuff that they're doing to keep him busy. But anyway, it's good to have everybody back around the round table and uh, check in with us next week. We'll drop down another interesting uh, podcast. This is Dave Hagan. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. 
or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.